Hello and welcome to Turbo Geeks, a short format podcast where dope people talk passionately about dope topics like fitness, entertainment, everyday gear carry, parenthood, coffee, and more. On today's episode, a review of John Wick, Chapter 3, Parabellum. Spoiler warning, we'll be going fully in on story beats and details. I'm going to start off with a movie summary. Uh, So if you haven't seen this movie, come back later. The Synopsis Starting immediately after the events of Chapter 2, former hitman John Wick is now a marked man on the run in Manhattan. After the unsanctioned killing of Santino D'Antonio in the New York City Continental, an assassin safe haven, he is declared excommunicado by his handlers at the high table and placed under a $14 million bounty. On the run from assassins and after sending his dog to the Continentals to stay with uh, Caron the Concierge, John reaches the New York Public Library and recovers a crucifix Netflix, ne- necklace rather, and a marker medallion from a secret cache in a book. He fights his way through numerous assassins populating New York City uh, until he reaches the director, a woman from his past who accepts his crucifix as a ticket for safe passage to Casablanca, Morocco, but also has John branded with a mark that he has used up all her favors. Meanwhile, an adjudicator from the high table meets with Winston, the manager of the New York City Continental, and the Bowery King, the leader of the network of vagrant assassins. The adjudicator admonishes both for helping John Wick after his excommunication, and both are given seven days to give up their off offices or to face serious consequences. In Casablanca, John meets Sophia, a former friend and current manager of the Casablanca Continental. He presents his marker medallion, which represents an unbreakable promise between assassins, and asks Sophia to honor it. John had helped Sophia hide her daughter from uh, Sophia's assassin life. He asks for directions to the elder the highest ranking member of the high table or as they call him in the in the movie the one above the table so they can ask to have his bounty waived sophia takes him to the assassin uh named barada who i think we can assume was the former manager of the continental who tells john that he may find the elder by wandering through the desert until he cannot walk any longer in exchange for this information he asks for one of sophia's dogs When Sophia refuses, he shoots the dog. In a bout of rage, Sophia shoots Barada and she and John fight their way out of the kibosh, out of the kaspa, and flee into the desert. Uh, Having fulfilled her marker, Sophia leaves John in the desert. He roams until he collapses from exhaustion, but is found by the elder's men. John explains his actions, saying he is desperate to live on to earn the memory of his love he once had with his wife. The elder agrees to forgive John, but only if he assassinates Winston and he continues to work for the high table until his death. To show his commitment, John severs his ring finger and gives his wedding ring to the elder. Uh, 
Meanwhile, the adjudicator recruits Zero, an assassin played by the legendary Mark Descascos, and his followers to enforce the will of the High Table. With Zero's help, the adjudicator accosts and maims the director and then has the Bowery King sliced up seven times with the seven bullets given to him, given to John, during the events of Chapter 2. John arrives back in New York City and is pursued by Zero and his men, but he escapes to the Continental and takes sanctuary. Zero gushes over his hero John to John's face. John meets with Winston, who encourages him not to die as a killer, but as a man who loved and was loved by his wife. The adjudicator arrives, but Winston refuses to give up his office and the Continental, and John refuses to kill Winston. As a consequence, the adjudicator deconsecrates the Continental, allowing assassins to execute people in the building. The adjudicator then notifies Zero and his men and calls in a large group of high table enforcement as their support. With the help of the, ho the hotel's concierge, uh, John defends the Continental from the enforcers who present a bigger challenge than before. At first, the high table uh, forces easily kill most of uh, Karan's men thanks to their bulletproof armor, but then John and Karan use shotguns loaded with armor-piercing ammo, uh, which they use to eliminate the high table's enforcers. John then has a Bruce Lee Game of Death building fight, taking out some no-names on floor one, what I'll call the glass fight, two of Zero's pupils, the dudes from the raid, uh, who draw on the second uh, floor, and finally has a uh, final confrontation with Zero on the top floor, who he ends up killing. The adjudicator negotiates a parlay with Winston, who explains the rebellion as a show of strength and offers penance to the high table. John arrives, and when the adjudicator uh, identifies him as a threat to the negotiation, Winston betrays John by shooting him until he falls off the Continental's roof. The Continental returns to operation, but the adjudicator informs Winston that John's body has disappeared and he remains a threat. Meanwhile, a wounded John Wick is delivered to the heavily scarred Bowery King, who had survived his uh, slashes with the samurai sword. And it's the TikTok man who uh, brings John in. Uh, the Bowery King tells John that he's angry with the high table and will be fighting against them. He asks John if he feels the same way, and John agrees. Who dat? We have Keanu Reeves as John Wick, playing him for the third time for the third movie, who is an ex-hitman on the run after having a $14 million bounty set on him. Ian McShane is Winston, the owner and manager of the Continental Hotel in New York City, uh, who gave John a blood marker in case he needed a favor from Winston as a last resort. Mark Descascos is Zero, the main assassin recruited by the adjudicator. If you don't know Mark Descascos, he was in Only the Strong, uh, Double Dragon, Drive, uh, from 1997? It was a B-movie. Uh, Brotherhood of the Wolf, which was a French film. Cradle, Cradle to the Grave, I think that was Jet Li and DMX? Uh, he was also, he played Eric Draven in the Crow Stairway to Heaven television show. Uh, he's also best known, what I think, best known as uh, as the host of Iron Chef America. Uh, 
He was also in Hawaiian Five O and Agents of Shield. Lawrence Fishburne plays the Bowery King, uh, the crime lord of the underground assassins guild, uh, all the homeless type dudes. Um, Asia Kate Dillon as the adjudicator of the high table. She's been on Orange is the New Black and Billions. Halle Berry as Sophia, an assassin and close friend of John Wick and also the current manager of the Casablanca Continental. Lance Reddick as Caron, 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 the concierge at the New York City Continental Hotel. Angelica Huston as the director, a member of the Rusca Roma and protector of John Wick. It looks like her story deals with a lot of raising John Wick. Saeed Tagmaoui as the elder, great character actor. He's the only man above the high table. Uh, he was recently in Wonder Woman. He was also in Three Kings with Mark Wahlberg, George Cleaning, and Ice Cube. Jerome Flynn as Barada. This dude is Braun from Game of Thrones. Jason Manzukis as the TikTok man, an associate of the Bowery King. Uh, you may recognize him as a comedian in The League. He was in Brooklyn Nine-Nine as Adrian Pimento. And many fan theories think that this was the undercover job that messed him up. So there's this weird, like, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, John Wick universe, like, connection. Uh, He was also in The Good Place as Derek. Robin Lord Taylor as an administrator. Uh, He's one of the dudes who has to type up uh, whatever their news outlet is in the Assassin's World. He's... Oswald Cobblepot, a.k.a. The Penguin, in the TV show Gotham. Uh, The two shinobis, Yanyan Ruyin and Sisip Araf Rahman, these two are from the Raid franchise. They're Indonesian uh, martial artists and the guys who have uh, the second-level fight with John Wick towards the end, and they come to a draw and all that stuff. Uh... Boban Marjanovic as Ernest, one of the first assassins to be killed. He's a NBA player for currently the Philadelphia 76ers. Huge, tall dude. Crazy. Uh, and he's an assassin in this world who gets killed by a book. And then Randall Duke Kim as the doctor. He was the key master in The Matrix Reloaded. There are a ton of big fights and a nice step up in evolution from John Wick and John Wick Chapter 2. I counted seven of them, um, and we'll talk about each and every one of these. So just as an overview, there's the library fight against Boban. There's the knife fight in the antique weapons room. There's the stable and horse fight. There's the fight in Casablanca featuring Sophia and her dogs. There's the motorcycle fight against Zero's men. There's the Continental fight, a.k.a. the Matrix Lobby fight 2.0 with John and Karan versus the High Table's Special Forces. And there's the Game of Death fight where John is moving up the glass offices, uh, three different levels for three different uh, fights. And they're all fantastic. So... Number one, 
the library fight happens in the first like five minutes of the film. Uh, John runs to the New York Public Library to find his uh, secret book, which is in Russian. Um, his secret book containing the crucifix uh, to show where he came from and the medallion marker that uh, has his favor with Sophia inside of it. So he's he runs in to retrieve that and Boban is apparently another assassin in New York who's like, hey, I know that, you know, you had a head start in, in 20 minutes, but no one's going to know the difference. So he tries to fight John. He gets his ass kicked with a book. And it's funny because uh, Bo Bond's got super long limbs and whatnot because he's tall as fuck and gets his ass kicked by John with a book and gets killed because his neck gets broken by a book. Uh, so that was incredible. And then he ran, runs off and he is, I think he goes to see the doctor because he gets stabbed in the shoulder by Boban. And the the doctor still has to like follow these rules in the assassin world. So once it hits six o'clock, he's like, I can't help you anymore. Um, so John has to like fix his stitches and then he runs off and through like a Chinatown or something. And he runs up into this antique weapons room and proceeds to have a knife fight with some assassins who saw him running up earlier and this is where they like they're in a small corridor surrounded by all these glass cases full of weapons so they're like grabbing onto them and while it's not the fast shoot 'em up action with the firearms uh there are a ton of sharp weaponry that are used like guns like john like like wails on this one dude on the ground and throws like what must have been like 12 knives into this guy and continues fighting off I think two or three other people one of them being Tiger Chen uh, uh, a martial arts uh, film star who's also like Keanu Reeves like personal teacher uh, he was Keanu also directed a film called Man of Tai Chi and Tiger is the main protagonist in that film and Keanu also plays the villain in that film it was it was fun I'm not gonna say it was a good movie but it was cool to see that kind of happen here the knife fight ends with this gnarly gnarly definitely special effects but just gnarly to see John inserting a knife into some dude's eye it's nasty but it's awesome uh John then runs around some more through the city and he finds um a stable full of horses and he gets two fucking horse kills on people. He knows exactly where to slap the horse so that the horse kicks back and just like the hooves smashing into some dude's skulls and kills them and whatnot. And then he takes one of the horses to escape uh, and kills two dudes pursuing him on motorcycles. The Casablanca fight is when John asks Sophia to pay up on her marker to, to help uh, find out where the elder is. And it all comes to a head when Sophia decides to shoot uh, Jeremy Flynn Braun because he shoots one of her dogs because he wanted one of the dogs and Sophia said no. Unlike John Wick, though, 
Uh, these dogs are trained and they're also wearing bulletproof vests. So while the dog like falls over, he's all good and whatnot. Sophia hid a gun in the dog's vest, pulls it out, shoots uh, whatever his name, Braun, and then starts killing the rest of the dudes. And it, this is this is actually more or less to just show off Halle Berry's skills, but it's su- it's shot in such a way that uh, like you know the the far wide takes that you get to see that she's Harry uh, Halle Berry has been putting in the work. Uh, she's killing these dudes left and right with her gun skills, as well as sicking the dogs, and they're all in like crotch shots and stuff. The cool thing that I noticed as well is that in the background, you can still see John doing John things and killing and shooting a bunch of other dudes. So that was an amazing fight scene and props to her for putting in the work. They wanted to show how badass these people were. And like, I would love to have seen a little bit more of the team up, but uh, that was essentially why her character was there. Fast forward ahead in the movie and then we get to the motorcycle fight where... John is trying to run away from Zero and his men, and they're all on motorcycles. They have firearms, but it's cool because you can see it in the trailer, too. They all have these short swords, and they're fighting each other there. It's also awesome, also crazy. Uh, John is able to kill uh, everybody except for Zero, and they they then uh, get to the Continental, or... Or John, similar to when in Chapter 2, Common and John fight, Cassian and John fight, and they end up at the Continental. It's almost the same thing that happens there. (coughs) Excuse me. Uh, And then finally, or not finally, the next big one, this is probably like, I would say the biggest part of the gun fight scenes, the Continental, when... The Continental has been deconsecrated, and they send in the special forces. It's just Winston, uh, Karan, and John trying to defend the entire building. And there's a bunch of people still loyal to Winston with Karan, but they all get murdered by the special forces because we didn't realize that they're wearing like fully bulletproof uh, suits from helmets through all of that stuff so when John is fighting and realizes that he's just shooting to like knock these guys over but not kill them that he's got to get into even closer proximity to lift up helmets in their back of their neck and stuff really really crazy executions essentially um, and then after Karan survives one of the, the waves he comes back into the safe full of weapons and Winston, who's just chilling, drinking some drinks, uh, comes back and is like, John, we need these things that are armor penetrating. And they get these crazy shotguns, and then they go in and murder the fuck out of the other special forces within the building and whatnot. Awesome, because it's it was cool to like have elevated the villains a little bit in showing them that they couldn't be hurt as much Uh, but that's just something to see for yourself and then finally the game of death fight what I was mentioning if you haven't seen the Bruce Lee classic already game of death is essentially Bruce Lee's character this is the the legendary yellow jumpsuit 
thing. Um, on the first floor, he fights somebody, and then on the second floor, he fights somebody else. On the third floor, he fights Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and the fourth floor, so on and so forth, until he gets to the boss at the end. So that's what I mean by game of death fight. Uh, he enters the glass office room, and he fights these two henchmen who just, like, beat up on John and push him into glass over and over and over again. But John gets the upper hand with the short swords and ends up killing both of them. Goes up to the next level where he finds the two shinobi, played by the the two badasses from the Raid franchise. They beat up on John. John beats up on them. And they make fun of it, too. Uh, obviously, if Keanu versus these two dudes, these two dudes are fast as hell. I don't know if John would be able to fight them. But John, John Wick, Keanu, at least, couldn't fight them. But John it pulls out his. Uh, you can you can tell that they respect John as a character, as like a figure, as a legend in this assassin world. So they're just like they they want to have a good fight, and they could have killed him multiple times, but they let him get up. And Keanu at some point plays this whole like I don't need help, well, let me get up on my own kind of thing. Pulls his belt off, and you see why it was so important. They kind of alluded to this earlier, where they're like, "Hey, take your belt off." Because they know that that's a weapon that John can use to his advantage. But he has a, a belt fight with them that d- disarms them. And then it's just punches and kicks for a while. And they end up falling through some, like, level. And they're all on the ground. And uh, another cool thing that happens within that is, you know, this assassin world and knowing how it works and whatnot through the other films. I, f- I figure that when an assassin says, be seeing you to another assassin that they're calling it a draw at the moment and that they're going to uh, meet again later. So after those two dudes fall and they're like trying to get the wind back into them and stuff, John's like moving on. He's like, I'll be seeing you. And those two guys kind of like nod their heads. So they know like it's over for now. We'll meet up later. That's when John finally gets to the last floor and meets Zero, um, played by an amazing Mark Descascos who gets to play, like, his puppy dog, uh, everything's so great. I'm, I really look up to you, but I'm also trying to fight you, and this is fantastic kind of fight. They do these, like, ninja disappearing tricks on each other, um, which plays for some great laughs. But they, they fight well, and John ends up killing Zero, and so on and so forth. But those were the amazing fights within the film that you need to see and I'm sure these are going to be the things that can be replayed over and over and over when watching at home I fucking love this movie holy shit Uh, I was raised on a bunch of B-movie action films growing up my dad and my uncle uh, would constantly be grabbing the non- triple a titles when we went out to you know rent uh if for those who are old enough when you would go to like the uh video rental store movie vhs and all that stuff blockbuster uh what is it video update total video all these places um even you know places like safeway uh and albertsons would eventually uh have movies that you could rent even our um our local gas station, Handy Andy, is up the street on uh, Fairgrounds. I think, you know, they had a small selection, but you, you could still rent movies and whatnot. And they would always, instead of choosing something like, let's say, uh, Jurassic Park or Dances with the Wolves or something, would get some, like, whatever 
Chuck Norris or Steven Seagal just put out or Van Damme or whatever. And not, not the good ones, not like, you know, uh, blood sport or Lionheart. even though like you would eventually get to those, it would be a lot of the other things. Anyways, you could tell that, um, the filmmaking team also grew up in that world, watching these films and wanting to see just like, uh, Something uber violent, but actually had story behind it that wasn't um, too overly complicated or anything like that. Um, but also, you know, showed this great mythology and understanding of how to build a mythology uh, without doing too much and without getting too complicated with rules and whatnot. Just showing that things exist and then having you, the the watcher, kind of sit and ponder all this stuff. Um beautiful film uh the cinematography is actually really awesome and i like how they've really grown into if you look at the first john wick it was very much just kind of desaturated and whatnot uh save for the nightclub scenes where you would get the pinks and the the teals and all that stuff but they really leaned into that shit in the sequels um from the opera uh techno coronation thing to a lot of the stylistic choices that they had uh in this particular film uh specifically you know the hotel uh the continental fight at the end where they the lights go green and all that, like emergency lights go green um and some of the other places being new york and the neon lights with the again the pink and the blues and the teals um really great look it, it's like what was the other film uh drive with ryan gosling um that could theoretically take place in this world visually. Uh, but that's, you know, that's some of the uh, the cool stuff that was there. So, again, knowing uh, coming up from the B-movie scene and seeing, like, this hyper-violence and it being about the fights, but, like, having the slower moments really pay off in that. And uh, one of the things that I know that the filmmakers really try to put across is that the fights also tell a story. Uh they either like harm or maim John a little bit or tell us more about the characters. And this movie is no exception to that. Um, in particular, like seeing Zero and knowing that Zero, the Mark Discas, uh ghost character, is a fan of John uh, and wants to sit down and like gush over him about everything, especially when they just get through the uh, motorcycle fight and zero is chasing him and John gets to the continental and they're sitting in the uh, lobby lobby and like, you know, so many seats and stuff and zero wants to sit down literally right next to uh, John and like their legs are touching and John's trying to catch his breath and then he ends up moving and then zero just like nerds out over like, Oh man, John, you know, I've always wanted to meet you and all that stuff. And you're like, you're greater than I expected in all this. I'm still trying to kill you, so on and so forth. Um, but th- that's some super fun stuff because, as Shay Serrano has said, there's a great he has a great like short six episode podcast called With a Pencil. Go check it out. It's part of the Ringer Podcast Network. Um, like they use Mark Descascos really, really well. Uh, I've followed him for a very long time. Um, from Drive and Double Dragon all the way till now, I, I kind of you know forgot about him with the 
Iron Chef America stuff, but uh, he's always been great. A talented guy, but kind of hard to market. I don't know if it's because he's brown and people didn't care to have like talented brown people in their films and whatnot, but uh, he really shines in this film. Um, so you get that there. You also see, you know, some of his disciples, the guys from the raid who do really well. And they, you can tell like, obviously the filmmakers are huge fans of the raid and that's why no one won. And it was more or less a draw uh, towards the end with the whole BC and you uh, kind of code. It, like in the first two films, when some of the main characters would die, they would say BC and you. And is that like, is that supposed to be a kind of a sign off? Cause they know they're dead or is it truly the whole like, Hey, this is a to be continued kind of thing. Um, or is, is that what just the assassins say to each other when they leave? Uh, who knows? But you know, that's the cool part about this film and the previous films is that world building of the assassins in these kind of worlds and whatnot. Um, each one of the fights were awesome. Again, uh, from my list and my memory, there's the library fight, the knife fight, uh, the stable and horse fight, um, the Casablanca fight featuring Sophia and her dogs, the motorcycle fight, the continental fight against the high table bulletproof suit henchmen, and the game of death glass office fight. Uh, so speaking of, of that, all these, uh, homages and whatnot to previous films and like all these other action films. Uh, if we're going backwards, that game of death fight, if you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, Bruce Lee's last film that he was making was called game of death. And it involved his character, uh, finding this building and each level had like, it was almost like a video game. Each level had uh, a boss character that he would have to fight and then he'd move upstairs and so on and so forth, trying to eventually get to that last boss fight the big boss and so on and so forth. So, um, one level was the, the famous, uh, Bruce Lee versus Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And, you know, he was a famous, um, basketball player, but he was also a student of Bruce Lee's. He trained with a lot of Bruce Lee's students as well. So they put him in, I think Chuck Norris was in there plus a whole bunch of other baddies. Um, so, uh, the homage overall to that film and seeing John have to fight two henchmen who just continually he's tired and all that stuff and gets thrown into these glass um, uh, installations over and over and over but he ends up uh, killing and fighting those guys with swords he gets to level two it's the, the two shinobi from uh, the raid franchise and they're fighting him with the swords but like they could have killed him multiple times but they they really wanted to like test his ability and whatnot. Uh, and that ended up in the draw or whatever. And then the, the highest level was zero. And he and John had that fight where they're doing the ninja tricks and disappearing on each other um, and all that stuff. So you have that fight there. Um, jumping into the whole like action star fighting the NBA player in the very, very beginning. Uh, the, the very first fight, the library fight featured uh what's his last name marjanovic marjanovic uh the really tall dude named ernest in the film um that was great there 
Uh, what is it? I think, you know, you could see there is a lot of payback to the Matrix film series as well, simply because that's where they met. The director was Keanu Reeves' stunt double through that entire series. So they've been friends for a long time. But then you have people like Tiger Chen who was in there. He was in the knife fight in the library. Or not the library. Uh, the antique store. Um, he was like one of Keanu's like Sifus. Um, obviously Lawrence Fishburne as Morpheus. Uh, Randall Duke, the doctor. He was the key maker in the, in the sequel. Uh, Reloaded. The Matrix Reloaded. Um, and... You know, Chad Stahelski was the stunt double, but also like the martial arts stunt coordinator. Uh, he wasn't the choreographer; that was a uh, Yen Wu Ping, but um, that's where he was from. So they they were all really tight, and it's cool to see like these guys who have become uh, maybe not just industry friends, but friend friends, like be able to bounce off of each other and help create this world. Um, lot of lot of cool stuff there, and then obviously the the quote towards the end um when john is like so winston are the services um available to me again and he's like yeah and he's like what do you need and he's like guns lots of guns uh obviously huge huge uh callback there so that's uh that's some of the stuff there i didn't really have too many issues with the film um it was kind of long but I, I feel like, you know, more people wanted more. So that's kind of what you have to deal with. And they, they did have a story to tell. And I don't think it was slow. There were some parts that were a little uh, funky, but I think they, you know, they're, they're, what do you call it? Uh, breadcrumbs for a potential sequel. And P.S., by the way, they already announced a, a sequel to be released in about two years. So like, you know, him having to, to find the one above the high table and like lose his finger and his wedding ring only to, you know, to decide he's not going to play for them anymore. He's not going to be the assassin that they want. And uh, the Bowery King and him will will go to war uh, with the high table and whatnot. So that's going to be super interesting. Um, but, oh, man, this, this film was fantastic. You could see uh, how hardcore the training went. Um I want to say it's Tatum Tactical or something, uh, are the the ones who've been training Keanu in firearms. Uh, when Halle Berry signed on, she spent, what, six months rehearsing too? That's that's something that's not an industry standard. When you get signed on to a film, you get a couple of weeks to practice stuff. Uh, they, and I think one of the reasons this film is so popular and these films are so popular because uh, from the technical um, aspects they're very, very, very truthful to what the the law enforcement um, and military world would do. So I'm, I'm sure a lot of military and law enforcement also are fans because they can see some of the uh, high technicality that's going on there from the tactical reloads uh, to the situational awareness that Keanu demonstrates, uh, how he clears rooms, how he... Uh, you know, from reloading and choosing his guns, where he places them, so on and so forth. 
Um, speaking of which, where is it? Uh, Keanu obviously continued his uh, close quarter uh, battle training um, in those places. And again, you can see some of those videos up on YouTube or even some things on Instagram. He heavily used one of my favorite uh, firearms pistols to shoot, the Glock 34. Um, And, you know, it's great because you can tell it's him on screen. Keanu does maybe like 90% of his own stunts there. He doesn't, I think in his contract, he doesn't want to get hit by cars and he doesn't want to fall downstairs and he leaves those to the professionals. I don't know who his stunt double is for these movies, but um, that's something to, you know, commend him on. He and Tom Cruise are definitely in the running for like, like the best action stars of the, like white men action stars of today. And they're old as fuck and they're, you know, doing their own stunts. It's crazy. Um, Let's move into our AMRAP. The AMRAP. As much research as possible. Fun facts from interviews, behind the scenes, articles, and more. Uh, Random trivia about the John Wick universe you probably didn't know. Number one. We were talking earlier about the cool mythology behind the world, uh, the assassins, uh, and the honor among them, the honor among thieves, almost. Uh, things like the gold coins, the continental uh, franchise of hotels. Um, if you notice within all of the films, they use slightly older phones as to not date the time. If you know, you didn't see any iPhones or touchscreens uh, being used as much. And they're all like old Nokias and um, essentially not smartphones, right? Uh, the the cool use of the doctor and, you know, sitting in a, as a front, as a veterinarian clinic, the sommelier is there, but they serve and show firearms instead of uh, wine. Uh, you have the tailor, obviously as an actual tailor, but also to give you some tactical, uh, bulletproof, uh, wares, um, the markers, the marker medallions, the things that kind of say, Hey, like this is a life binding contract. You owe me a big one for giving for saving you or for doing a big favor for you. That whole thing I mentioned earlier with the quote, be seeing you. What what does that mean in particular? When is it used? So on and so forth. The high table, under the who's under the table, the one above the table, all that stuff. That's definitely going to get explored in the next film, um, whenever that one happens. Uh, and we kind of got a a back view of the coin maker, um, Sophia's uh, former boss, who you know they go visit, uh, played by Braun from Game of Thrones. They're the ones who are making the medallions and the coins and whatnot because they are the ones to own the first coin and the first medallion and stuff like that. Uh, so that's something to look out for. And, like, I'm sure there's a bunch more, you know, with the Bowery King saying, like, uh, or, or having his network be the ones who look like, who look homeless. So 
I think I read an interview for those who can't like if the Continental is like the, a five star hotel, the Bowery King and the homeless types, they're like the Motel 6 of the assassin world. Uh, so I don't know if that means they're the contracts are cheaper or whatever, but that's just something cool that's out there. Uh, this is the first movie where Karan's name is said out loud, the concierge. Uh, all three movies span the course of about a month, which is a shitty month for John. Uh, but, you know, he does some world traveling, especially in this one. Uh, this is the first, this movie, John Wick 3, Chapter 3, Parabellum, is the first time in the series we don't see John Leguizamo, uh, who's the mechanic, who's the one fixing the car in the first two movies, or Thomas Sadowski, the Jimmy the Officer, who's always like, hey, John, you working? Um, they didn't appear in this film. Uh, the director, Stahelski, cameoed in the crosswalk during the horseback chase. Um... The glass structure for the game of a death fight I was talking about at the end cost $4 million to make just so that they could break it and stuff. Um, kill counts. I got this data from Screen Rant. Uh, in John Wick, there were 91 kills. In Chapter 2, there is 119 kills. And here in Chapter 3, we have 167 kills. And that's total. That's I don't necessarily think that's John by himself. And that's definitely not just firearms. But like the pencil kills, uh, the book kill, the <laughs> the horse kickback kills. Um, but yeah, for real, Baba Yaga, uh, John Wick's body count uh, for all three films. If you t- total that up, he's already out killed Michael Myers. Michael Myers is at 140 and... Jason Voorhees, who's at 157. Uh, that was from those numbers are from We Got This Covered. Crazy stuff. Um, the role of Sophia, played by Halle Berry, was the the actresses also considered for that role were Jennifer Beals, Eva Longoria, Salma Hayek, Penelope Cruz, uh, Marion Cotillard, Uma Thurman, and Marissa Tomei. Um, and that's some of the fun stuff that happened there. I'm really excited to kind of see some more, you know, there are already some spinoffs coming off. Um, number one, John Wick Chapter 4 is release date that they announced already is May 21st, 2021. So two years from now, we're going to get uh, another show. I don't know who's going to make this or not a show, a movie called Ballerina which is based on the school John Wick was from that they show earlier with uh, Angelica uh, Houston and stuff like that. Um, And the Continental will get its own show either on Showtime or Amazon. I forget which one. Um, But yeah, it's going to be cool there. Uh, So some of the loose ends and theories, like after after Winston shoots John off the roof, uh, Karan says something to the effect of like, good idea, boss. Uh, was this why he gave John a marker before, you know, he came up there and stuff like knowing that he had owed John a huge favor, shooting him in front of the adjudicator and making it seem like, you know, he's independent from John and whatnot. Um, uh, I was also glad to see the Bowery King survive after his seven slashes, but now he wants to go to war with the high table uh, his crew got sliced up real easily by Zero's ninjas. I don't know if they're going to be 
that good of a fight against the high table here. Um, and I guess the the last big one that I have is will Cassian come back and will Common's character from uh, Chapter 2, uh, because he didn't necessarily kill him, I'm sure there's some way for him to survive, but it's going to take some time. So depending on the time frame from or the time jump from John Wick 3 to John Wick 4, maybe Cassian has been repaired and then maybe he kind of plays both sides and he's an ally sometimes and not an ally the other. Um, I think all of that would be really, really cool. And that's our show today. Thanks for listening. Uh, Make sure that you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, Make sure you rate us. Leave a review if you would like. Otherwise, find us on social media, Instagram, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at TurboGeeksPod. Um, and shout out to Cinemark Lincoln Square IMAX, where I saw John Wick Chapter 3 Parabellum on an awesomely large screen where I almost had to turn my head to see some of these kills and some of these shots. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, the intro music is Otis McMusic by Otis McDonald. The outro music is Compton, provided by Anchor.fm. Thanks and be kind to one another. <laughs> <laughs>